0: Apple's changing everything up, but Tim and David do not see eye to eye. It's TechFan434. Welcome to tech Fan number 434. This is an out-of-sequence episode because we did TechFan last week. Um, but we're going to do another one because there's been a lot of tech stuff going on in the news this week and we want to talk about it.
1: Way, way more tech stuff than uh, geeky stuff.
0: Exactly. We were um, we were going back and forth on on uh, message and Facebook and that sort of thing. And, and eventually I said, we should just talk about this on the show. So that's what we're going to do. Um, Tim, you are still without your... Uh, your iMac
1: yeah no comment <laughs> yeah.
0: so um i'm recording everything this end so hopefully skype uh wire the inter- interwebs will hold up for us um but it was a pretty big pretty big week this week for um changes in the tech
1: did yes. you did you watch the entire keynote
0: no i didn't i was watching it on live stream um i had a really busy day monday and so I didn't come into it to about halfway through the, think you know the kind of the commentary streams that people do where they they're blogging um, shots from the show and uh, and responding to them. So I, I kind of watched the end of that, and then I went back and watched some of the beginning things, but I did not see the whole thing end to end.
1: It was uh, I watched it, you know, after the fact. Obviously, I watched the uh, the replay, I guess you call it. Yeah. Uh, that Monday night, and uh, I. I I haven't watched a full keynote in a while uh, because, quite honestly, they're boring. Yep. But I wanted to watch this one because I had already known, obviously, I, I'd been checking it with the news during the day. Um, what's come up? Excuse me. What's come out? But, you know, it was time to watch the whole thing because as Mac user, as a Mac user, um, this was pretty big news and I wanted to see how they covered it. Yeah. This was probably one of the more entertaining and informative keynotes I've seen in a while.
0: Well, so there's there's an aspect to that, and I, and I, you do have to wonder, really, if the old way of doing the keynotes is relevant anymore, because with this, because it was a series of videoed segments that they, you know, they'd done on the campus, and they'd done their offices, and they'd done in appropriate places with things behind them, but obviously when they're doing them, they have an opportunity to change what they say, do extra takes, all the sort of things you do in video production. And and you also did not have all those awkward pauses you get where, you know, well, now I'm going to hand over to this guy. Uh, come on out here. And they walk out across this massive stage that takes about yeah. 10 seconds to cross. Yeah. And they've got to wait for the audience response to die down and this, that, and the other. Yeah. I thought actually doing it using a series of video segments like this was fast miles away of doing it. And nobody needs to travel anywhere.
1: Um, I liked it. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I get why they had to do it this way, but I kind of hope that maybe this is a little more stylized like they did better lighting. It's not a big stage and they have to pause every five seconds for sheep to applaud. Yeah. Um, I liked it. It, it worked well for me. It seems like they were going out of their way though, to have, Almost every single, I guess you call it the mini ones, each time they would kick it over to someone. Yeah. It was almost always a lady. And I was like, after a while, it kind of really jumped. And one of them was a lady in a wheelchair. And I thought, okay, you're trying to be this now. And I applaud it. But at the same time, it felt really forced. I want to see more inclusion, but I don't know. It just, it felt weird. It was almost like, okay, look, we know that all the senior managers at Apple are men. So every time we kick over to a product, we're going to show a woman. And right. I'm like, okay, is is that the best person to represent the product? That's all I care about.
0: Well, I, I mean, how did you feel that they were as presenters? Were they good presenters?
1: A couple of them were not. Right. They were very stiff and, and wooden, and, and it was obviously a pre-taped thing. They weren't doing it live right yeah. then, so you think it would have been better. Or if it wasn't as good as it could have been... Well, let's try somebody else. See who else can do this.
0: Yeah, I, I guess those look. There's a lot of politics around making those decisions. If you ever watched an episode of The Apprentice, you'll see that where you know somebody says, "Well, I, this was my idea. I'm going to pitch the product. I think I'm the best person to pitch the product." And uh, everyone else are going, "Oh, you're a, bit of a lousy presenter, and you might mess it up." But uh, you know, so sometimes you get a little bit of that. Um, I, I I'm sure that that in the current environment everyone's very aware that look you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't if you do then people go oh look at all the tokenism look you put forward all the all the ladies you put forward all the people of color you put forward people with disabilities um you're trying too hard and yet if you don't do that and you just do the normal thing people will go well look you didn't really show much diversity they, well we, but we, see, we there's need...
1: a difference between trying too hard i think and just doing it naturally. Yeah. Well, Who well, is the natural person on that team?
0: But but unfortunately, we've got to recognize for all of these companies, for all of society, we're just not there yet. A lot of people. No, we're, are,
1: that's absolutely yeah, true.
0: They, they're just not in the right positions to do it because, you know, we've had a society which is biased towards white men, unfortunately. Um, and, white uh, men
1: are evil, though.
0: Well, we are, aren't we? I mean, let's face so, it.
1: So they are. <laughs> not, no, I identify as a tree now. The, the,
0: the problem is, is that um, pretty much every white man you speak to would, would most, most of them would go, "Well, I have not done anything on purpose to put down uh, people of minority." Um, or people with disability, and of course we haven't. But it's a cultural thing. And yep. yeah, I I look long look forward to the day, unfortunately, probably many years in the future, when nobody even thinks about this because it's just completely, you know, you've got to get to the point of color blindness, disability blindness, minority blindness, sex sexism blindness, to the point where it's just not a big deal anymore because everyone knows it's fair. But that's not where we are now. So no, unfortunately. You know, look, and look, and let's at least celebrate the fact that apple has people in their workforce at a senior level who who are capable of you know doing so even if it's not the world's best presentation they do a presentation on their product that they're extremely knowledgeable about because they're senior engineers and they're they're able to do it to an audience of potentially millions of people in one go um that that needs to be recognized at least even if it's not a, a perfect situation
1: So let's talk about some of the big announcements. They started with uh, iOS 14, and this is a huge, huge change for iOS. Um, They're finally letting people customize, to a certain extent, their home screens. And this, to me, this was way needed. This was something that I would have loved to see a few years ago. They could have done it. I don't know why they took so long to get here but they are getting there now. Yeah. Um and every single thing about iOS 14 was to me impressive.
0: It is. I I there's a there's a constant theme with my commentary on on WWDC coverage this year which is you know we we really were in a position where the last release of both macOS and iOS started out as a bit of a disaster. Um and I hope that all the changes they're making have not been at the expense of fixing core bugs in the in the under, underlying operating systems, so no. so I'm going to caveat everything I say with that. But having said that, as a redesign, this this looks it looks very nice. Sometimes you can't tell until you actually use it what it's like. Um, yep. Yeah the uh there's an awful lot of kind of fit and feel type stuff that you're not really conscious of you just kind of know whether it works or it doesn't i think the jury's out on that until we actually get uh get a chance to use it in anger but in terms of the concepts the idea of look i'm, I'm looking at my ipad now and it's it's well it's, it's exactly it's said the first two screens i have stuff in folders it's kind of organized in a way that works for me um and I have, yeah, games, I have photography, I have um reading, I have video and that sort of thing. And then after about page two oh all right, sorry, page three because page three has all the games on it and they're organised by adventure, strategy, that sort of thing. Uh but after that, um, like this bottom half of the game screen is sprinkled with random games and then a couple of utilities, and then after that it just becomes everything appears in whatever order it was installed on the iPad. Yeah. And uh, it's a mess. And what I find frustrating about this in particular is not only can you not find stuff very easily because these square icons, even though they're all different, they can it's amazing how if you're looking for a specific one, you can often not find it. Um but the other thing is when you search, which is the way many of us um launch apps nowadays, it doesn't tell you where the icon is when it when you find it in search. So right. <laughs> you can't ever find it again. Um, and discoverability in like, do I or well, have I got this app installed? I thought I had an app that did this sort of thing. It's just not there. All of these things are things that hopefully will be addressed in iOS 14. Because it's... I, uh, go on,
1: go ahead. Well, I was going to say, App Clips seem different. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work yet. That that whole segment was kind of like, oh, so it it kind of launches. A light version of the app from the cloud yeah. to do this one specific thing, which I like, and it gives you the ability to download the app. So let's say you go into Starbucks and and you don't have the whole app, but you can bring up this app clip and do the same thing. I kind of like that. Yeah, it saves space on your uh, on your device, but I'm not sure how widely adopted because it has to be adopted by both the the app makers, the developers and then in retail or wherever you're going to find these little yeah. things that bring it up. So I don't I, to me that seems like something it might be a big deal a year and a half two years from now and this is where they're implementing it but I don't think we're going to see anything that's really imp- impressive with app clips for a while.
0: I I I suspect we won't see it at all. Apparently, Android's had this capability for a couple of years and nobody uses it. So the idea is is that, you, yeah, Starbucks is a good example. I have the Starbucks app, app on my iPad here, which actually is the phone app because they don't do an iPad app anymore. Fair enough. Um, uh, and the things you can do with that is you can, you can view the menu, you can pre-order coffee ahead of time, and then you can manage your Starbucks card if you use their payment card, which right. is what I tend to use it for. But the thing is, if you're in the store... And um, you haven't got the Starbucks app installed. Suppose you've never used the payment card before. And they say, oh, do you want to take up a payment card? At the moment, you have to install the app. You have to register. Yeah. You, you then have to have add a
1: to, payment method. You have
0: to add a payment method. Uh, you then need to actually load up the card. And you need to do all of that. And, um, you know, you're not going to do that in the queue while you're in the store. Uh, uh, probably a, another more at more um kind of accurate way you could use this is with parking apps if you've ever gone if you go to a different city you'll find that each city has its own um smartphone payment system and they you know they rarely are the same company they're all different companies and so you go up to the meter and you want to pay using your smartphone because you don't have any cash yeah or nowadays, nowadays increasingly they, they don't let you pay with cash and it says you scan this code or go to this thing and install this app. And you've got to do the same thing again. You've got to create an account and a payment method. All the time when you're sat there and you just want to be getting on with your, you, know, you just want to pay for your parking. The idea with this would be you would run and scan a, a code. It would run an app clip, would allow you just to basically use Apple Pay or a pre saved card on your phone to just pay for your parking and be on your way. No need to install an app. No need to register. Um, yeah. if, if you do need any sort of registration, you've got the Apple registration system that that they have that lets you register without actually signing up for anything, getting in your email and all that. But the difficulty is, is that for all the companies who make you do that, do that because they want your data, and they want they want your data via an app, and so. Yeah, yeah. What's in it for them to to give you a – they're not really interested in giving you a better experience. They want your data. They want to know how much you're using it. They want to push stuff with you. Starbucks wants to be able to say, oh, hey, we've got a new coffee out this week. Why don't you come in and try it? Here's a 10% coupon. You can't do that with an app clip. Um, And the difficulty, I think, is that actually a lot of people just aren't going to bother with this. They're going to go, well, you know, we've already invested in an app, and it's fine. We're going to stick with that. Um, And so this could be a feature that's not really ever used.
1: Yeah. Uh, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, but we'll see if it gets wide adoption. Um, yeah.
0: But it, it's I, good. Uh, there's an awful lot in this, in for iOS in particular this year, that's kind of building on stuff they've done before and also in some respects a little bit catch up with the competition. And I celebrate them for doing that. Um, you know, it, with all Apple features, you just never know how often, how much they're actually going to get used. But at least they're there now, which is something. Because, you know... Well,
1: when you talk about app clips that Google has had this in Android for a while now, doesn't mean anything, because as we know, um, the app store and the infrastructure of that is so fragmented that where how would you even know that this then existed in Android? Do you get the impression John Gruber wrote this, and I've been thinking about it, that I think, and I, I, I 100% agree, I've been thinking of this for a while, but he He put it in words that made sense to me. Google is bored with Android. Yeah. I totally understand that, and that seems to be right on the money. I mean, I think Android is boring now, and I think Google is bored with it. Do you think Google might be looking at a replacement soon?
0: No, or, I, I don't. Or think just it.
1: like leaving it alone and
0: that—that that is the Google way. It's they invest in something, then their eye moves off somewhere else. At the moment, their they eyes, on the yeah, vine. They are, their eye is... their focus is other places, and you know, Android is Android. They'll continue to uh, develop it. They're continuing to pull bits of the operating system apart so it can be uh, deployed via Google Play because that's their competitive advantage. That allows them to control what phones get google services and which ones don't which is is part of their strategy but i think in terms of uh, and they'll they'll do a new os every year which with various different changes but i don't think it's their primary focus at the moment i think they have far more focus on cloud stuff and developing the chromebooks and and all of that sort of thing than they are on this and the the difficulty with with google is that every now and again they come along and say yeah you know what we're not interested in doing this at all anymore and they just kill it um android is quite kind of big for them to do that um but they could just let it wither absolutely i don't think they would even go to the effort of replacing it at this point unless they had a a strategic lever they were trying to trying to pull and i don't i don't think that they have at the moment and that, i think i think android does exactly what they want it to do which is it gets apps onto phones that allow them to generate re- advertising revenue uh, yeah, and that's
1: absolutely and
0: so so it's done it's kind of you know they can tinker with it but it 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 meets its core purpose apples in a different place so uh though so, interestingly Apple is now much more about services revenue and, and so that's their, that's one of their areas of growth. We'll see how things come along with that as I go forward.
1: So Big Sur was announced. Um I'm I'm getting a little tired of the California based names.
0: Well but this whatever. this one's a particularly stupid one. First of all, apparently there's debate about whether it's Big Sur or Big Sur or Big Sur. Um and and yeah, then it's summarized to BS, which is not a good look.
1: <laughs> no, 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 yeah. It's, well, I think one of the things that a lot of people didn't mention was that it's listed as version 11.0. Yeah. They, they, which means yeah. we're beyond Mac OS X at yeah, this it's point. Yeah, now,
0: it's, now, it's now Mac OS 11, absolutely.
1: I, good. I yeah. was tired of Mac OS X. It, seemed, it seems dated for a long time now. I mean, we've had yeah. Mac OS X forever.
0: Yeah, they're moving to a new processor platform. It kind of makes sense. I... Personally, if I'd have been making those decisions, I would have uh, also adopted a new set of theme names as well, rather than yeah. stick with the California stuff when you were doing that, because it's kind of weird. It's still California place names, except now it's eleven point oh on ten point fifteen or whatever it was. Um, but there you go. Yeah, um, I don't well, at even
1: they're not naming after cats anymore. Yeah.
0: That I... Was a... yeah, I don't even know what Big Sur is. So, <laughs> is, it a... is it? It sounds like a mountain, but it... I guess it could be a place with big waves. Um, um, oh, it's a, I don't it's, know it's a mountainous area, so I guess there'll be... That's, a...
1: that's what I thought, but yeah. I wasn't sure, and I, I don't care enough to even look it up.
0: Well, you'll find out when it comes out, because there will be a default background that presumably is a picture of Big Sur.
1: Now, I like the translation app, which, to be honest and, and to be fair, Google has had this for years, yeah. um, and I've used it um, for years. Uh, I get customers, you know, that don't speak English... They speak Spanish or they uh, Chinese or Mandarin or whatever, and the Google website and I'm running it right on my phone just worked. Yeah, yeah it I've, worked extremely well.
0: I've I've got whole forums for some of the um, you know I've been messing around with these vintage computers running on cores and this sort of thing. There are whole forums I read that are in Spanish, and I can just click yeah. a button and Google just turns it into English. And it's not just like it's not bad English. I mean, ninety five percent of the time you wouldn't know it wasn't translated. Every now and again, you get an odd word or something which seems a bit weird, but you can certainly understand it. But the difference with Apple's approach is it's all running on the phone; it's not uh, on the device; it's not running from the cloud. And the idea is, is then they're not able to see what you're translating and capture information about it.
1: Like I said, I've been using it on Google's web page for years. I would speak into it; it would read it back to the customer. They would say something; it would read it back, and then I could see the text. That was cool. It looks like Apple's is. Kind of going to do the same thing, but more sleek.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and obviously, they don't support as many um, translations as Google does. But eventually, they'll. they'll it'll get better. Yeah. But I. That one looks interesting to me, so I'm. I'm kind of interested in that. Um, big Sur is a big departure for the Mac OS. This is probably the biggest change to the look and feel of the of the OS. Yeah. In twenty years.
0: And and here I'm not as thrilled because they're basically making it look very much like it's running an iPad OS. Uh,
1: well, there's a reason they did that, and I don't mind, to be honest, because the more I look at it, look the as much as we love Mac OS, it's so rooted in the past and so many so many things that just doesn't make any sense that it, it was time for an overhaul of the look and feel from control center type of things to to me this makes a lot more sense
0: my my concern is that in chasing the ipad look and feel that we'll lose functionality so the problem is is the ipad is a single pane touch interface you know it takes up the whole screen it expects you to why would you be concerned things?
1: about that because apple Apple's the biggest Mac of, Mac fans out there. Yeah,
0: but sometimes they use when, it every single. Sometimes day. when you're a designer, you can focus so much on the on, and, and we've seen we've seen this with, with Johnny Ive in the past. You can focus so much on the pure. But he's gone. You know, well, yeah, but the people, the the people who um, have done OS redesign, the people who he hired when he took over interface design um, back in uh, what was it iOS seven. And and we all remember iOS seven was a little bit too much, yeah. It stripped so much back that all of a sudden you found things were missing. They were there, but they were hidden behind buttons and that sort of stuff because they didn't want them cluttering up their beautiful interface. This is what concerns me, and you know I I remain to be convinced. The problem is iOS uh, iPadOS is a single pane touch interface. i uh, Mac OS is a multi pane windowing interface they are not the same and you can't jam one thing onto the other and just assume it's going to work i suspect there will be edge cases where you're, you're thinking well well, how can, how can i do this we've found this from the ipad already it's we've talked about this in the past so you look at it and you go okay well i I'm, i've heard it can do this thing but I can't figure out how to make it do it I don't want to be in that position on the mac os throwing stuff away just for the sake of throwing stuff away when in fact it's been there for 20 years and been refined to a point for 20 years is is my worry so yeah
1: but see a lot of it hasn't been refined that's the problem oh, yeah
0: but but sometimes so, sometimes the way it's, it's refined it's is clungy. just sometimes the way it's refined is just hide it we've seen this I've seen this on on Windows but 10. They,
1: they, they did that yeah. under Mac os for years though
0: yeah well as I You're said,
1: just used to it. There's a uh, difference between, you know, a better way of doing things and, it, you know, got to take Tim and David out of their comfort zone, which in many respects, this does take me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. But I am more optimistic about these changes than it sounds like than you are. I like how they're incorporating uh, just stuff like a slider it looks so much better, looks so much easier. On the Mac, you change colors and the sliders all change. Scrolling a window, you can have, you know, a button, two buttons on the bottom or one button on the bottom and one on the top. And, um, or you can select, so I just jumped right to this part of the page or I don't. It's mm-hmm. kludgy. It's confusing. Newer users are missing a lot of the stuff because they didn't know it's there because, again, Apple hides things. Yeah. So if we start getting more of a unified look and feel, um, if not in functionality, but at least a, a unified look and feel between all of their platforms, I think that's probably a a better way of doing it than what we've had with Mac OS and well some of it you gotta remember is the Unix underpinnings going and going all the way back into uh next OS. I mean yeah. it's 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 really a, a big change and I think it's really one that's it needs to happen. It really does. It, we can't keep living... Look, we were complaining about Microsoft and, and Intel supporting way old window crap, right? Apple has been not as guilty, but pretty guilty, uh, at least as far as a UI standpoint is concerned. Yeah. It's it's time for a change. We're in 2020 yeah, now. Yeah,
0: I don't have a problem with that. As, as I said, I'm... I'm not as confident of their ability to pull it off first go. That's my concern. And so we'll see. I
1: don't expect them to. I don't uh, expect everything to be perfect right off the bat. Yeah, There's I going know, to be some growing pains. But,
0: the, but we've just had a year of growing pains with Catalina, frankly, which is a pain in the ass to use. Um, I'm, I'm kind of done with growing pains. I, I like things to work. I don't want to be fighting the system. So, And, and the problem is you can't tell from screenshots in a keynote whether that's going to be a problem or not. So, again, we're going to have to wait and see how it, how it comes out. Um, well,
1: I've been reading a couple of people who have been um, playing. Yeah. And everything I've read has been very positive okay. so far. Well, and these are some people who are pretty, you know, uh, developers who are harsh. Let me put it okay. that way. And well, they've all been impressed so far.
0: Good. Well, that, I'm pleased to hear that.
1: Um, the list of compatible Macs that will run Big Sur is pretty impressive. Yeah. So there's they're pushing it back there. That's that's a good thing. But of course the biggest announcement is the worst name that Apple's come up with in a while. Apple Silicon Chips, which is a terrible name.
0: Yeah um, I I wonder if that's gonna be a family name and then when they actually chips come out they'll actually have, you know, something cooler.
1: Like, yeah, they're gonna have to because it's just calling something the A thirteen chip is just uh yeah, come on, you want yeah. you want to get people excited about it, and that's not say And don't don't do the stupid bionic chip or some crappy name like that. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. But this, of course, we are everybody already knew was coming. Um, but it actually in the keynote, and I'm sure you paid particular attention to this, is virtualization. Although they, uh, it, whether it was on purpose or not, didn't show anything about virtualization for x86 no um, there is
0: no there is no virtualization for x86 you can't that's fit that physically can't be done um because a hypervisor um the the whole point of a hypervisor is it is it virtualizes core aspects of a processor so that another operating system can come along and is not aware it's sharing it with another system you uh can't it's it's not possible to virtualize an arm chipset and allow it to run x86 instructions. You, you would need something like this Rosetta stuff uh, uh, to, to actually do that, and you can't do that on operating system level. It's, it's not low, low enough level.
1: So as someone who was around for Rosetta the first yeah. time, um, I remember that transition very well. You were very new into the Mac at the time. I
0: I was, that, but that's the right thing is, when you were coming in, uh, yeah, it was it was a it was. I think it came out the year after, yeah, because I I really got to Mac sort of two thousand four two thousand five, and then um, the Intel transition came the beginning of two thousand six. So um, yeah, I was I was there, but the thing is, I, I I had the perspective I was coming from Intel because I knew the Windows systems, so right. I I knew what went how I hoped and expected windows to run on an intel processor on a mac and sure enough it did i mean for the virtualization technology yeah, but that's not what
1: was, we're talking about yeah. here we're talking about rosetta and yeah. translating code or applications that were made specifically for yeah. at the time power pc to run on intel
0: but i remember at the time and it was
1: yeah. it was buggy
0: well it, it was buggy but having said that it was amazing it worked at all and what i remember is that uh, universal binaries hung around for a long time. A long and long time. Um, and, a, and an awful lot of Res- of PowerPC stuff hung around for a long time. And I, what I remember is generally, because there was such a performance difference between an Intel Core processor and the PowerPC it came from before, you'd often find that applications ran as well on Rosetta, even if they're being translated on the fly, on the Intel chip as they did on the PowerPC chip before. So um, it was a very smooth transition from that point of view. Obviously, there are some things that didn't work at all. Um, but all in all, it was it was a fairly fine effort. And this, from what we've seen in the keynote, looks like it's going to be more of the same. Um, and they sh-
1: obviously, they're going to put the best face forward in a keynote. Yeah. But even still, well, they, um, they, the they, fact that they were running it right yeah. there for these demonstrations was impressive.
0: And, and also, as well, you know, they didn't shy away from it. They picked up a game, uh, and they ran a game through rosessa and yeah. a lot of us might have said first of all there was a few people who were saying you know what they're not even going to bother with translation that it's just basically going keep, to
1: be keep talking david the dogs yeah. are barking i want okay. to see if they want to come in i'll be right back it,
0: it, it's going to be a clean break and they're going to say okay yeah well the uh, everything on arm needs to be compiled for arm and this is a new system and we'll have the intel max around for a while and transition away but basically if you're an arm you need to run ARM code a lot of us were kind of expecting that because oh, and i've got a car alarm going off outside now um a lot of us were expecting that because that is the apple of late they've they've always been willing to make clean make clean breaks and kind of toss systems under the bus when they feel like they need to um and they could easily have done that but actually what they've done is fallen over themselves to try and make sure that compatibility is there and the way they've designed Rosetta it's not just at you know the application level apparently drivers and um, system extensions all this sort of stuff plugins for things like photoshop and for uh, audio plugins for GarageBand, and then for the other higher end pro um, audio apps they also apparently work under Rosetta and work pretty well so the fact is the idea is that apple Apple's presented to you that you'll be able to pick up your own Mac and run a, the vast majority of what you run today from your Intel Mac without having to switch to different versions, which Probably is... didn't uh, want to come in. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, they, they're not not fans of Apple Silicon either. No. Okay.
1: They're looking forward to the next story we're going to talk yeah. about.
0: So, um, so yeah, so I was just saying that Apple really has fallen over themselves to, um, to give as much compatibility as possible here, which is to be applauded because they could well have just said, no, it's all new. You've just got to have new code.
1: One of the things that uh, I am... Personally, I think is going to be the biggest thing to come out of this transition over to these chips is the ability to natively run iOS device software. And specifically... I know there's some people that's a little bit worried that well, why are they going to then continue to develop anything for the Mac? They just release it this way, support the Mac, and it's not going to be as good as the Mac app would have been had it been developed on its own. Um, my response to that is, which apps are you talking about? The big ones are all going to work just perfect. Um, the smaller ones, well, n- name a couple. BB Edit? At at what? W- which ones... Do people have a problem with that? Oh, my God, they're doing this and these developers. Well, if it's a popular app, guess what? They're not going to b- retard the performance. They're not stupid. Um, there are some people saying, well, yeah, but they charge more for the Macs app than they do for the iOS app. Yeah. Well, that's economics. Uh, that happens. I mean, well, do you, do you want to have to develop two different things and maybe you make more money because the Mac app costs more? Or do you want to sell even more at the cheaper price? Make up your mind. Which one do you want? Because right. more people will try your apps if it's basically truly universal on all Apple devices.
0: Hmm. I'm I'm less convinced of the economic argument. Really, I think an awful lot of people who uh, have a Mac already have an Apple device, an iOS device, and so I don't think you'll see any extra sales. All you'll get is. is... I think you will. Well, well, how how. If you've already got an an app that runs on your iPhone, and you rather than buying the Mac version, you just run run the iPhone version on your Mac. How is that an extra sale?
1: Because you can show uh, with with um, the universal apps that hey, if you get the Mac version of this. It's better, but you don't have to get a Mac version. It's it's the same thing. You just get increased functionality Well, you don't, that's for the, the
0: price. That's the pro- You don't get increased functionality. You this, can this get, is my difficult... Yes, you can. Well, no, there's, there's three different ways of deploying uh, apps to an ARM Mac, right? You can write a standard Mac app using Xcode and Swift or whatever you want and build a, an app that looks like and, and runs only on the Mac, right? You can oh. do that. Or you can use Catalyst which allows you to take the core of the iOS app, but then put a whole load of Mac-related Windows Chrome on top to make it more Mac-like, yeah? Or you can now, you can just run the iOS app natively on the Mac. Now, if you're a developer, yeah, you've got to decide at the start which strategy you want to adopt. Now, some developers will say, well, the least work is just to write one iOS app and and just let it run on the Mac. And I suspect a lot of people are going to do that, Because
1: where's the bad, where's the downside of that? Well,
0: because as I said before, iOS apps are single pane touch device apps. Yeah. You, I mean, you already see, you can see this now. Look at the problems we have with multitasking on on an iPad. You can't, you can't do, you can't take, use BB edit as an example, but let's take drafts, which is an app that I use on the Mac, on the, on the iPad, which is a, um, you know, a quick text editing app. Right. You can't have multiple windows of that just because you're running it on the on the Mac doesn't give you more windows, doesn't give you func- uh, more uh, split screen functionality or anything like that. It's just still the same thing with all the limitations that iPad, uh, iPad OS inflicts on you in terms of file handling and everything like that. So these apps, unfortunately, you're going to run them on the Mac. They're going to be a pain in the ass. But economically, I don't think developers are going to say there's not enough market for me. To write a Mac app that's different and you, runs on the Mac better, because most people aren't going to be bothered; they're just going to use the iOS app because they're cheap. So, but if I, they're
1: doing that already, then that's what. Then they're probably not developing for the Mac already. Would what, you agree with that?
0: Uh, sorry, I don't. I don't get you. The so, is,
1: so what you're saying is, a, a developer comes along, he has an iOS app. You're saying he's not going to develop a Mac-specific app, right? Yeah. So what? It wasn't on the Mac to begin with. Well, okay. But now we get it on the Mac. All right,
0: I, that I that I I get you. But it doesn't do the developer any favors. He's not getting any more any more sales. But the problem sure is, it could be for those if, who,
1: if you open up the App Store to be universal, that I can look at the iOS App Store on my Mac, and it's still unclear how they're going to pull that off. Um, there's a way better discoverability if I'm sitting in front of a big screen looking at an App Store rather than. A mobile device. So
0: you you're assuming that discoverability from the App Store app is going to be better with, just having uh, a bigger the, window
1: alone is going to be
0: better. No, it doesn't Absolutely. Really, it doesn't really help you on the iPad to be honest. The, but we're not, talking about the Mac. Yeah, but it doesn't you're talking about a physically bigger screen but this is the, this is the point the apps themselves you do, the, if you take the App Store app I mean the way I, know, I, the way, I get what you're saying yeah?
1: I'm saying that the opposite what you're saying is the opposite. The apps of what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, what I'm that, if they do write an, an iOS app, you just open up your market to millions of more potential users that wouldn't have found it otherwise.
0: But I don't think you'll find it. that's the problem. you you're not going to find the apps any easier just because you're on the Mac. Yeah Sure you will No I don't because what they'll do is they'll just port the existing uh, app store app. hey, they could just take it as it is the existing uh, iOS store, uh, app store app and run it on the Mac. This is the whole point. And right. then you're looking. That's great. Yeah, it's not great because the the, the iOS App Store app is terrible. Discoverability is awful. The search doesn't work.
1: Well, yeah. that's one of the things that they address but, in this. But that the, searchability they, is getting a lot better.
0: Well, well, that that's a different story. But the problem is, in terms of it directly
1: contradicts what you're saying. Is, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Because it does because it, it, it look, it exemplifies all, it what I'm saying. It used to be able to find a lot. Uh, it used to be a lot better to find stuff on the app store, because you could browse the web. There were so many websites devoted to it. You could click a link and it would open up the app store on your computer and you download it. And the next time you sync your phone, boy, you got it. Yeah. You could do that again with the Mac. You're going to be able to directly link to the app store and but, download it.
0: But that's exactly the point I'm trying to make is that on the Mac yourself, you, you, you're going to run effectively the iOS app store app and you're going to think it's terrible. Yeah that that's exactly the point they could build a mac app, a mac app that accesses the iOS store and has much much better than the app they've already got but they won't why put the engineering effort to rewrite it for a, a much better mac experience when you can just bang the iOS version up there with all its limitations and faults you're talking about going and finding it on the web and that sort of thing that's nothing to do with apple that's third party and it would the same with any other app as well if they have a mac app today and an iOS app, right, they're probably going to stop developing the Mac app because the Mac app's more expensive, so everyone who's cheap is going to say, you know what, I'm just going to run the iOS app on my Mac. I'm not going to bother investing in that Mac app anymore. Their revenue dries up. That team who's developing the Mac app can't afford to be operated anymore. So basically everything then boils down to iOS apps, that are optimized for single-screen iPads and single-screen iPads. But single see, I don't think iPads. you understand
1: how development works because that's not how development works, especially within the ecosystem that Apple is talking about, and they've got a lot of papers on, that you can add specific APIs, which doesn't take much time at all, to the Mac App Store or to the Mac App from your existing applications. That's,
0: that's Catalyst, and Catalyst has not been a stunning success so far. The only people who are developing Catalyst apps are Apple. Nobody else is doing it because because,
1: how good because
0: exactly the same problem exists, is that when you you when you develop a Catalyst app, there's too much iPad in it. There's too much iOS in it. When you put it on the Mac, things things aren't there that you expect to be there. The window chrome isn't there. The three red buttons on the top don't come up. The, right, because the ability it's been of sw-
1: different chips. It's, once no, they're no, universal, cat- Catalyst was, all of that goes away. That's yeah. kind of the point.
0: Catalyst was nothing to do with chips. This was taking... Uh, an iPad app recompiling it for intel and then putting um some sort of mac user interface elements on top of the application to try and make it run on the run on on the mac and it it just hasn't up until now it hasn't been working well and, right uh,
1: because it's an entire different ecosystem no it's nothing
0: it's... it's nothing to do with the processor and it's nothing to do with the ecosystem this is this is about this is about the tools that you're given and the the, the, the difficulty is that when you give people tools to do a piece of a piece of uh, coding once, and then never have to touch it again. Then most people are going to go, "I'm going to do it once. I'm never going to do it again." Very few people go, "Oh, you know what? I really want the best experience for my user on these different platforms, Good so I'm going to do all the will. engineering." I,
1: Good. I am skeptical.
0: I think the we'll
1: apps are still going to be shitty. to well, I, I, if they're I on think the I think we're going to get
0: more iPad and iOS focused apps, and and the Mac is going to suffer from a lack of third party development that's that's uh, my that's my concern over this I understand yeah, I, why they I did it I don't
1: think you see the benefits of having develop once deploy once and run multiple I don't think you're seeing that and I, I only see this as a positive why is it a bad thing that Mac OS can now run eventually all of the stuff on iOS because why,
0: I because, because it's a poor experience on the Mac how do you know huh
1: how, Wait, how do you know you it's going to be a poor experience if you don't
0: change an ipad app and run it on the mac it's still an ipad app and but you, if and...
1: it's a good app it will be changed if well, it's a good developer well, it will be it, and it, if it's well, a crappy it... developer it's not going to be and that's going to be no different so it's only a positive the shitty ones are still going to be shitty yeah yep.
0: yeah but, but there's not there's not going to be any money in developing mac specific apps that are better on the mac Because everyone's going to go, oh, fine, they've got one. Then I've got to buy buy it again. Why don't I just use the iPad app? This is the problem.
1: I, I don't see that as a problem.
0: Well, it is for a developer. It means you don't get income from the Mac side. You only get in, in, um, income from the from the iOS side.
1: You increase the number of people who are using the devices and discoverability.
0: D- d- discoverability and number of users doesn't mean anything unless they're paying each time. They're only paying you once and they're mo- using it in more places. So you're not getting no, you any can more have money. A
1: subscription service. Well,
0: yeah, but they, we know how popular those are.
1: Well, you could also do the version 2.0, which is a whole new thing, and you got to buy it again. The
0: problem is, at the moment, you can own. At the moment, you can charge separately for Mac and iPad apps, and if you have a a thing like um, uh, the writing apps or whatever it is, yeah, you have different versions that are developed by the same team or different teams, but they work differently, and you can charge for both of those. Now, so what developers
1: do you think are making more money? Currently, right now.
0: Well, I know if you...
1: People who are making iOS apps or people who are making Mac-specific well, apps is, only? Well,
0: a Mac-specific a Mac specific app you can charge more for because the marketplace allows you to charge more for. But right, but if you're getting
1: 1,000 times more people buying the it, iOS app... You know, the, you're,
0: so you're, your argument is you'll make it up in volume, but you won't. Because he I'm will. telling you, the vast, vast majority of people who have Macs already have an iPhone or an iPad. So they, they've already bought the apps on the iOS store at the low price, and now they're going to go... Let's use
1: games as an example. There's many games on iOS that I would love to play, but it's just too small of a screen to play GTA or something like that on. Right. I don't want to play it on those. All of a sudden, I could play it on my big screen Mac, an, an iMac, or even a desktop or a laptop... All of a sudden, hey, you know what? This is kind of going to be a fun game now, and I can use my keyboard and mouse. I don't want to be touching okay. my screen, holding this device at an odd angle and getting a crink in my okay. neck.
0: Right, fine. Do you already own the GTA games on iOS?
1: Yes, and I can't right. play them because they're just right. not very good. So, but I would if okay. they were on my Mac. So, yeah,
0: but, so you can run them on the Mac, but the developers of those apps are getting no more money.
1: Sure, they are because there's a whole bunch of people that didn't buy that the first time around because they just don't play games on their mobile devices, but they would on their Mac. All of a sudden, you just opened all these games on iOS to Mac users.
0: I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I think, I think most of those bits of software have already been purchased on the iOS store, and that means that there's no extra income that comes in. All you've done is you've, all Apple's done with this is they've disincentivized specific Mac development. Um In the interest of now, don't get me and, wrong. And I you're don't. The
1: only one that I've read that's thinking this. I well, haven't read one take on this that. Well, you know what? You know what? Because every developer that I've read, yeah. and there's about four of them, uh that and four websites that I go to regularly that talks with developers, and every single developer has been positive about well, this.
0: Well, yeah, I've been through this on the Windows side, and I saw what it did on on, on the on the Windows side. Everyone thought that having the capability to run mobile apps. Uh, and have single apps that could be developed for multiple platforms at once was going to be a huge success. And you know what? No developers changed.
1: No- yeah, and that that that's surprising because you know development on Windows is so much fun, and, and, and their mobile platform was so feature-rich and robust, and had ten years worth of development for it. So that's a that's a good example.
0: Well, it's the same on Chrome. the shitty platform. Didn't un- I'm sorry, it's very the same. Well. It's the same on Chromebooks. About two, three years ago, Chromebooks introduced the ability to run um, uh, stuff, stuff from the Play Store. Nobody does it because because it, it's just a bad experience. The apps don't work well, yet they rely on touch. There are times when you can't do things on them because they want you to do something that you could do on a phone or a tablet that you can't do with a keyboard. Um,
1: Chromebooks have only ever become popular in education. But, they have not They have not become popular with home users or business.
0: But the popularity is one thing, but the people who do use them in in home and business, and I know, I know these people because I hang around the places in the internet. It's a very
1: small yeah. thing, so it's, of course it's, developers
0: it's a, aren't going to no, support a, it. it. The point is not that, it's that developers aren't adopting it. You're right, it is a small platform. But right. even among that small, die-hard Chromebook community, these are the people who love Chromebooks and want Chromebooks to succeed and want them to be better. All of them say don't bother using android apps on chromebooks it's a terrible experience
1: because so that, it's a small minority no one's developing crap on there and if they are it's a token effort that's not the case with mac os or the, ios but
0: you'll talk you keep talking about development running an ios app on a mac on an arm mac is there is no development there you're basically taking the same app and running it if you're developing for the mac i don't have a problem if you're taking your ios app and developing it for the mac so it's a different app I don't have a problem with that. I'm telling you some most developers developers people won't will do so. Most people won't developers. Well, course, most people, developers are lazy and most people won't. And what, what developers so what, are
1: not lazy. That's insulting.
0: No, no, well, all right. Developers are financially motivated. You don't do yes. additional work for no economic benefit, Right. right so you're financially lazy. And so, what I'm telling you is that so you're you,
1: saying is that all these Mac users are able to run your program. Now, isn't going to be an incentive for you to support that pro- program. Any farther than you've already done with with iPhone? No. You you really don't think so? No,
0: but why would you do? Why would you disagree. do extra work when they've already bought your app on iOS?
1: Because not everybody has bought the iOS app. That's that was my point. Think about the games alone. I, I'm a prime example. There's a lot of games that I would love to play and I've never downloaded because I don't want uh, Apple Arcade is a perfect example. This is perfect for Apple Arcade. There's a bunch of stuff on Apple Arcade I would like to play. I just don't want to play those kind of games on a yeah. super small device. And I would that, rather and, play it on a big screen. And
0: that's probably the single motivation that Apple had for allowing iOS apps to run on the Mac on, on the Mac. I hundred
1: percent agree. Is
0: Apple Arcade. But you know what that only mm-hmm. develop that only benefits Apple and the developers who develop for Apple Arcade it doesn't benefit anybody else. For everybody else, it's kind of throwing Ooh. them under the bus.
1: That made no sense what you just said. it so, if you support Apple Arcade as a developer, it benefits you.
0: Yeah, because uh, cause you yeah, get paid exactly. by you get paid by Apple, but for everybody, yeah, exactly but for the, the point. It, but for the entire rest of the Apple ecosystem, to allow Apple Arcade to improve its service revenues and support those developers who are in Apple Arcade, but for everybody uh-huh. else who develops, what everybody else, well, because not every single developer who develops for iOS is in Apple Arcade. Right? right, all the utilities not. and all of those but other again, people who aren't well. If you write, if you write utilities for the Mac, I'm sorry, you can't be an Apple Arcade.
1: Well, but that's a different business. That's model a different. Entirely. Yeah, but
0: the, the problem, that's the point. The, your business model of for Mac apps has now been massively undercut by Apple because they've now allowed your iOS apps to run natively on the ARM Mac, which means basically your Mac business has pretty much dried up. You know, that's that's the that's the issue. You, there are plenty of people who make utilities that they make good money from the fact that they have an, an app that runs on the iPad and then they have an app that runs on the Mac and they either charge for them differently or or they set up a subscription that allows them the both to interchange so you can exchange data between one and the other. That's a revenue stream for them. Apple right. has now cut that revenue stream off because basically... They haven't. People, but you they can ha- still develop
1: for the Mac but yeah, independently you, But why of would iOS.
0: you, when most, 90% of your customers are going to say, okay, I'm can not going to... get gonna, functionality, and nine- you can
1: advertise it, and you can put it out there, and people will talk about yes. it, and websites will link to it.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, I, I think you, you're forgetting the fact that most people are cheap. And they'll go, Well I can use I can now have cross platform between my Mac and my iPad by because I run the iPad app on my Mac and it's the same. So I don't right. need the Mac version of that app. So they're not gonna buy it. they just Because you
1: already own it. So you are, if yeah. you already
0: Right. Yeah, whereas at the moment, if you've got if you write, take IA writer, I think i writer is a good example. They're in the Mac app store with a Mac version of their app and then they have uh, an iPad version as well right? Yep. A word processing program does mark down all that sort of thing, right? If you want to be able to move your data between the Mac and the iPad, you have to have both apps. So you have to buy them both, right? It's not a lot of money. Yeah, that's about $8, eight $9, something like that on the Mac. And then I think it's about 3 $4 on the iPad, right? Mm-hmm. That, But the Mac is more expensive. Now, that Mac income has disappeared. Because, but why
1: should it be more expensive?
0: Because it is. That's just, Why? that's because that's the marketplace. But now well, this
1: the, is going to be the marketplace now. Right. Develop, so now, once, so yeah, exactly. Places, so now, it, so now, so now, basically. Yeah. So
0: I write io writer and I get. I, suppose I got a hundred users. Let's keep it simple. I have got hundred users. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get a thousand dollars for those hundred users from the Mac one. Yeah, yep. and then and then three hundred dollars from the iPad one. Yeah, so $1,300 total. And that's enough money for me to keep the iPad version up to date and also keep the separate Mac version up to date, right? And now, you're assuming then that the Mac version is probably more popular, right? N- uh, no, it's the same. Same 100 users. So fi- are,
1: fi- it's 50 and 50 or it's 100 users each?
0: It's 100 users. Of, of the same 100 users who have who okay. buy it twice, right? Yep. Once on the Mac, once on the iPad, yep. right? $300 for the iPad, $1,000 for the Mac, right? Now, okay. those all of those users are going to go, well, I don't really need the Mac version anymore. They've um, already
1: bought it, David. Huh? They've already bought it.
0: Yeah, but nobody else is going to buy it again.
1: What do you mean nobody so, right, so I, else? So, right,
0: so IA Writer 4 comes out, right? Yep. And now, you suppose suppose I put the effort into write I O Writer 4. It's got oh, a load of great new features. And I yep. did the same model. I go, okay, well, so there's an iPad version at $3, and there's a Mac version at $10. Why, why and would every, there be a difference in price? Because there is. So charge more. Well, you charge more for the iPad version. Sure. Then you're going to get fewer people buying the iPad. Everyone's going to go. Oh, it used to be three dollars. Now it's ten dollars. I'm not going to. I'm not going to upgrade to the new version. This is the problem,
1: because it's basically
0: not. you are take. You've now taken, a, we we all know about the race to the bottom in price on on iOS software. Yeah. It's gone to the floor. That's why subscription models are coming. And every time somebody launches a subscription model, most users go, oh, that's too expensive. I don't think that app's that expensive. It should be that expensive. I'm not going to do the subscription anymore. Right? It's just getting harder and harder for developers to make money and now by doing this what apple has done is they've taken one of their revenue streams which is the mac version of your app that you can charge a little bit more for. but there
1: wasn't a mac version of these apps that's what i've been trying to get at david and and i'm saying there are a a lot
0: of developers who do have mac versions of their apps and now they can't have them and now they've lost that money because nobody will buy them
1: tim they absolutely will still buy them. No, they will Mac users have changed.
0: No, Mac users are going to go. Well, I've already got this app for three dollars on my iPad. I'm just going to run it on the Mac now. I'm not going to bother paying for extra for the Mac version. And so why that wouldn't re- they?
1: why if would... the Mac version does more.
0: I, I, you're just you're just going round and round in circles. But you're right. You're, you're you just
1: keep thinking that people aren't going to pay money for apps, and they do.
0: I think I think people don't like and the paying...
1: people that develop for iOS. Only a very small fraction of those have ever developed anything for the Mac. A right. very small fraction. I
0: think you'll find that most of the people who do that are people who've been developing for the Mac for a long time.
1: And exactly. Now, yeah,
0: and now Apple has basically made it much harder for them to sell apps no, on their Mac. No, they haven't. They have because they've they've basically said, "Well, yeah, you can you could either buy the Mac version of an app, or you could you could just run the iOS version on the on you, the
1: app." That's only if. The developer allows it to go into the Mac App Store. Right?
0: I thought everything was going on the the Mac App Store.
1: No, it's going to be a choice. Because if it's an app that doesn't make any sense on the Mac, why would it be on there?
0: So everybody then they, that they do that for say i'm ia writer and i tick tick that checkbox so you still have to buy the mac version all they're going to get all the time is oh, i don't understand why you have a mac version it's more expensive i just want to run the ipad version you we, we know apple lets you do it you're just being mean and and they're going to lose giving, it's, giving, it's uh, just not how it is well we'll see We'll see. I, disagree. We I fundamentally disagree with you on this. And yeah? I
1: think you're going to see in five years' time, developers are going to be so much happier that they would be able to write basically a universal app. The Mac app will have floating windows, it's a multitask, better development, um, or better user experience, depending on the app. Some You, you don't need multiple windows, of course. Um, games, for instance. But it's going to be a better experience for developers because it's right once develop them, deploy multiple places yeah. rather than hey we support a a strip down because this is what you seem to have forgotten through all of this they usually if they do support iOS it's a stripped down version
0: i think it's more the i think I, it's I, more I, the other way around i think they oh, develop, I, I think they develop an iOS version of an app Right, and then they bring it to the Mac and they add more features to it to try and bring it to the Mac. Well, it's but I, the same I, I, difference. It's, conceptually, it's different. Uh, but the point is, I, what I'm saying is, I don't think the economics work. I think financially, there's enough loss of income on the Mac side of the ecosystem that developers are not going to be able to afford to put the extra work in to develop a separate Mac version of the app. Yeah, even if, not, it's, even, it's if even if it's even if it's even if it's going to be
1: very simple to uh, do.
0: Even if it's built, uh, yeah, I've spoken to some developers in the last twelve months who actually have tried to use Catalyst, and they say it's a lot more work than you're led to believe in the in the keynotes. Yeah, it's a lot more work. There are there the core of the app can continue to run on the iOS code base, and that's recompiled for whatever. But actually, the interface and interaction with the user and the way things work is a lot more work than Catalyst. Does for you. It's not just everyone kind of thinks, oh, it's just a simple checkbox, yeah. And all of a sudden, you've got a Mac interface. It's a lot more work than that. And I'm telling you, I my worry is that by by allowing people to run iPad apps, uh, because it really is iPad apps we're talking about here, iPad apps on the Mac that basically removes a lot of that revenue stream because there will be too many people who will say, I'm not interested in paying a little bit extra for a separate Mac version of the I would be
1: app. worried if there was a bunch of Mac apps and there just isn't. There has been a dearth of development for the Mac over the last 10 years worse than I've ever seen. There is no such thing as a shareware scene anymore. There used to be so many things that you can download on the Mac. And developers simply aren't developing for the Mac anymore because there was yeah. never any revenue, oh, but and this... now there will be well, again. They're,
0: they're, I'm sorry, I I, I just don't see the the extra revenue you're talking about coming coming across. You're taking one system that has and a separate revenue. A whole bunch
1: of developers that are developing for both that are freaking out. I don't see any of them okay.
0: doing that. Well, we'll see what happens.
1: Because it's a it's it's so it's such a minuscule number. That are producing software on both platforms yeah, right now, but, iOS and macOS, and, and
0: it's minuscule. And the, a lot of these developers can barely barely make any money. And now some of that money's been taken off the table, so they're in a worse position. They're not. They're not in a better position. Or what they I will disagree. have to do is they will have to focus on developing their iOS apps. Yeah, and you'll get the same app that runs on the Mac and the iPad, and that ultimately is not good for the Mac because you end up with just iPad apps in Windows, rather than having separate Mac apps that can leverage the uh, the additional capabilities in terms of the user interface and multi tasking. Mac think apps can I give you. I think
1: you're. Yeah, I think you you have this, and I think a false assumption that developers are just lazy, and I think they're some of the hardest working people out there. I
0: don't know. I, when I say they're lazy, I mean they don't do work that they're not going to get paid for, right? right.
1: <laughs> and you just open up a whole new revenue stream for them.
0: I, I don't think it is a revenue stream. I think it, I think it's a reduced revenue stream not a, not a bigger one because they now can't charge separately for macats because they no, weren't already. because nobody will buy them there are plenty of bat no
1: there but there's hardly any
0: Hard, well right. so hardly any if there's more than one that's one guy who's just been kicked in the teeth
1: oh yeah. so let's um, let's not put something out there that's going to benefit Millions the, and the millions point is, of people, uh, because this one developer might have lost an extra well, $700. Uh, uh,
0: the, the, problem, the problem, Tim, is that, you, is that you're making the assumption there are virtually no developers, and I'm making the assumption that there are more developers than you than you think. But neither of us have the stats to know exactly what that is, so actually arguing on that point is a little bit pointless. But, it is. But the difficulty is is that, is that I contend that there is quite a few old-time Mac developers who... Now we'll find they either need to stop developing for iOS, so they don't have an iOS app cannibalizing their Mac sales. Yeah.
1: So nothing will change for them. Okay.
0: Well, no, it will change because they'll have to stop developing for iOS if they want to maintain their Mac app. You got the the point is by allowing iOS apps to run on the Mac, you basically have made it financially very difficult to support two apps. That's the difficulty. Right. Yeah. So and,
1: and 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 you don't think that's a good thing for a developer now they don't have to double their development time. Well,
0: it, it depends on what their income stream is like. If they're relying on that Mac app uh, that higher margin Mac app revenue to keep going, yeah. then yes.
1: Right. No, they just don't develop for iOS.
0: Yeah, but then they're throwing away the iOS revenue.
1: You just said it wasn't very big.
0: No, I didn't and say it wasn't to, very and big. They, I, and I they said... don't
1: have to develop for two different platforms. So they cut their development time in half. Now they're only supporting just the Mac version at a higher price. I yeah. can't have it both ways, man.
0: Uh, well, I think by allowing iOS apps to run on the Mac, uh, Apple's trying to have it both ways, and I think they're disadvantaging their developer community to do it.
1: I, I'm, I think it's exactly the opposite. I think okay. this is a, a much-needed change. Intel has shown their inaptitude massively for the last oh, five years. I'm not... I'm not and, and don't, hang a no, hang on a minute. Don't, yeah, don't
0: construe what I'm saying. My only problem is allowing the iOS apps to run on the Mac store, Mac App Store. I don't think the ARM... I think the ARM transition is well overdue. Right? Uh, I agree. I, I completely support that. I'm excited by I'm looking forward to buying my first ARM Mac. I just... I think the problem is by allowing iOS apps to run natively on the Mac, they have done developers a disservice. The rest so of it, I'm gonna, absolutely fine. We're going to
1: disagree on that part because yeah. I think that iOS developers are going to see a huge new revenue stream. Okay. Huge. Um, the other big news of the store of uh, the week, and I, in some respects, I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah. Uh, in other respects, it's a it, obviously, it, it's still kind of surprising, but not really with what's going on with COVID. Is Microsoft closed all permanently? All of their retail outlets. There's like four that they're going to leave. They're going to call them Experience. There's nothing to buy there. It's it's the yeah. showroom. Those, I guess those
0: will last about eighteen months, two years. Yeah, after. And they'll be gone, and then they'll be gone as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. What are they going to put a big TV showing the new Xbox? Who cares? Yeah. No one will go into those stores. Just like. No one goes into the Microsoft stores now. <laughs> um and and this isn't guesswork on my part. Microsoft no. is closing them for a reason. They were and they were already planning on closing them before COVID, by the way. Oh yeah. A lot course. of people are like, oh, because of COVID. No. They were already planning on closing them. Well, because... It just, just
0: means that now they, they have less of a fuss about closing them because they're already closed. So they just right. don't need to reopen them.
1: And nobody is they say is losing their job. They're transitioning all these people over to yeah right. I believe that. Um, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. that's bias. That I'm going to call it BS on that aspect of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But here's the thing: how many times I, you and I did it together? We did uh, at least once. Yep. Go into a Microsoft store, and the people working in the store were five to one to customers. Yeah, at least. Yep. I mean there was never never customers in a Microsoft store and they did their damnedest to copy the the Apple store. I mean yeah. they right down to the furniture and the flooring and the walls. The one thing that I think Microsoft did that was better than what Apple did was the wall-to-wall screens that it it effectively function function as one giant screen. Yeah. That was cool. I like how yeah. they did that. But otherwise uh, it it was it was a it was a, a an expensive, not even a cheap, an expensive ripoff of an app store or an Apple store that failed miserably. And we saw that coming the moment we went into the first one. I went into one of the very first ones in Chicago and I felt like I was in an Apple store except other products were kind of shitty.
0: The first, the first place I went, the first time I went to one of these was in San Francisco. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I thought it was nice, but it was nice to believe when it was new, that there weren't many people there. Um, about, year and a half ago last time um that time when i had to come rushing back from the cruise ship because uh because leanne was ill yeah so i got off the ship saturday morning in orlando and i drove to the airport and right next to the airport there's a big mole in orlando right so i went in there to get some lunch before i before my flight in the afternoon and um
1: keep talking the dogs are barking like crazy now
0: so I went there and uh, in this particular mall in Orlando, and it's, I think it's one of the biggest in the Orlando area, they have a Microsoft store and literally next door. I mean, the next unit along is the Apple store. So this is kind of 11.30, 12 a.m., 12 p.m. on a Saturday morning. The Apple store was packed, absolutely packed. Loads and loads of people in there. Lots of people looking at products. There's people queuing up for the Genius Bar, there's um people playing on all the display stuff. There was loads of people in there. Yeah. On the on the in the Microsoft store there was nobody. And this is eleven thirty on a Saturday morning, which should be one of their more popular times. It you was think so. it just kind of stuck out. You know, you've got one store that's full of people and the other one that's empty and they are right next to each other.
1: Three and, years ago you and I went to uh uh, in Chicago.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, that mall, I forget the it's name
0: the, of it. The, uh, this is, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it in, is. The one in Schoenberg, anyway, the big yeah. one, yeah.
1: We went in, went into the Mac store, extremely busy.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it it so busy you had to really look around to find an employee. Yeah. And then we went into the Microsoft store. And it was sad. Yeah. Remember how remember we were commenting on it. We were like, this is kind of pathetic. Yeah. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, we were the only customers in the store. We were. Yeah. And not one person came over to talk to us.
0: Nope. And and nope. it's and it's not that the stuff they weren't they were selling wasn't cool. I remember no. we, we were looking at the surfaces, we like the yeah. we like the, the Alcantara keyboards on them and that sort of yeah. thing. You know, they had some nice stuff in there.
1: But, but nobody even bothered to come say, "Can we help you with anything? Yeah. Can we answer any questions?" Yeah. Nothing.
0: No, I have I have been in Microsoft stores and have been asked by a couple of people actually, you know, for needing help and all that. So that's not that's not a, a complete. But you don't experience. get that
1: in Apple Store either because they're so busy.
0: Well, exactly. Yeah. In fact, the problem the Apple Store now, as you're saying, is finding the employees. They're normally so busy, and the, for some reason, the shirts have become far more nondescript. So I find yeah, it really this. hard to find who's the actual employee. Yeah. No, um, but Walker
1: um, so had the right idea that the it, yeah. the employees all wore the the referee type of striped shirts. That's
0: right, yeah. But um, but yeah, orange the,
1: jumpsuits. That's what should that's that should be Apple's thing.
0: Now, orange I jumpsuits. I said to you when this was announced, um, the the real downside of this is that you know in some of the places I hang around in Reddit and that sort of thing, where you're talking about people's Surface devices, the mail in service for Surface repairs because you can't yeah. do you can't fix these things, you know. So, if you have a fault and problem with them, it's terrible, absolutely terrible, terrible to the point that sometimes you will send a device to them and they will send it back to you and say uh oh no it, it the the it had damage on it, and it's been damaged in the mail on the way to them right and and they just send it back and go, "Yeah, we can't fix it now, you're on your own and worse, sometimes things go missing in the mail through the couriers, and then Microsoft goes, oh, yeah, well, you'll have to speak to the courier. It's nothing to do with us, even though they sent it to you. Yeah. And then also the thing of people who uh, send a faulty surface in and they get one back, a refurbished one, not refurbished like Apple refurbished. They send back, and it's obviously one somebody else has sent in. It's got scratches on it, and it doesn't work. Some people go through this five or six times before they get a working device. Now, at least if you went to the Microsoft store, having had one of these tales of woe, they normally sorted you out. They would normally yeah. pull you one from stock, yeah, we'll sort out the repair, you know, or they would speak to Microsoft Direct via their channels and they would get it sorted out. And, of course, that's now lost to people because the stores are closing.
1: If it's a big need, though, there will be something to replace it with. You know, in Apple's pre-Apple Store days, that would have been Mac specialists yeah. out there, or Apple specialists, I should say, where if you had a problem with your Mac... Um, most decent-sized towns had an Apple specialist that yeah. were, you know, uh, registered to do Apple care. Yeah. If Microsoft's hardware sales gets to the point, and it's not there yet, as much as we would like to pretend that the service has been is booming. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a tiny it's business, not. a tiny, uh, yeah. tiny. But business. if it ever gets there, there will be entrepreneurs who step up yeah. and, and fill I'd... that void.
0: I don't think it'll ever get there, to be honest.
1: Oh, I don't. I don't think so either. You know? I, I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah. Um. And that's too bad because I actually I think the Surface is one of the cooler mobile devices out there. I yeah. think that for a lot of people, it's a perfect device. That's yeah. exactly what you need. If you're in the Windows ecosystem, it's probably better than most of the laptops, especially the the crappy laptops that are out there. If you're yeah. looking for a thousand dollar device, a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. It's really hard to beat a surface. It really is. Yeah. I mean, if I had to get a a PC that's going to be portable, that's my first look. I'm looking at a surface. That's right. Yeah. Um, but
0: but again, you you kind of you're then struggling with the service for it.
1: Exactly. And also
0: nowadays you you've got fewer places to go to to look at it because the Microsoft stores are closed. But
1: so you think that though. To, to make it more uh, robust that they they need more places to be able to take it is what you're saying.
0: Uh, yeah they well they need yeah. a, a far, they need to so base more,
1: so, yeah some more is need, better.
0: Yeah they need a better service operation. Yeah. Obviously the stores weren't successful and no. I think the problem the reason the stores aren't successful is because they didn't have any focus um
1: No that's and, true. I always uh, thought they should have focused on once the Surface came out, I always thought they should focus on Xbox and, and Surface and that's yeah. it. Yeah, but you go would go in
0: there, been... they would be selling other people's Windows computers. Yeah. Yeah, rather than just the Microsoft here's stuff. Here's the Acer's, here's yeah. the
1: HP's, here's the Dell. You know. It, 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 the layout was never very good. No. Nope. Um, it, it was kind of exactly what Windows is. Yeah. You know? yeah, It, it was haphazard and confusing and i'm sure they had a lot of viruses in there
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and also as well i I think that they just didn't push them hard enough you know they didn't push but you know it's the same problem you've just articulated about being middle of the road kind of generic all over the place is the same thing that microsoft does with its tv advertising they spend a lot of money on tv advertising yeah but every microsoft advert you see is for something different
1: well, when uh-huh. you look at what Apple did when they launched the App Store, or the Apple Stores,
0: yeah,
1: um, there was a clear mandate that they're designed to sell and service Apple products. Yeah, and there was a big need for it that Apple saw, right? Yeah, I don't think that that need is there for Windows simply because people buy cheaper PCs. And then when they start going bad, they just replace them. Yeah. Which is why you don't see out in the wild someone using an eight year old PC laptop, where yeah. you do see an eight year old Apple device. Yeah. You just do. Some, and,
0: sometimes by necessity, because yeah, you, don't, well, yeah. you don't like the current Apple devices. But nevertheless, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, if 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 I'd have been in Microsoft shoes, I would have I would have gone big on genius or whatever, yes. whatever they would call it, and I would have said, bring any Windows computer in. That's right. You know, Yeah. We'll have a look at it. We'll sit down. We'll try and figure it out for you. We might yeah, not we be able to fix Windows
1: it. come to the Microsoft store. Yeah,
0: exactly. I would have, I would have had half the store devoted to that. And then, Absolutely. And then the rest of it would have been pure Microsoft only. And then that branding sells itself, because then you can say, oh, you know, you've got this cheap HP laptop. It's causing you all these problems you know half the problems are the are the bloatware they've put on there and they haven't configured it properly and the drivers aren't right and everything like. you know what if you bought one of these things over here on these surfaces we we pre-vet everything you know we uh we make get sure it all works properly for
1: your old pc yeah, we'll transfer exactly. your data yeah. over for you for free exactly you know yeah and,
0: and then you and then when you have if you ever have a problem that you come back to us and we'll we'll see you right that would have been you know yeah you fun. get
1: two years free service yeah exactly yeah you know. yeah but They didn't have, at least from the outside looking in, they never had a mission statement. No. They just saw these really beautiful, at the time, totally different. There was no stores like the Apple Store when it came out. There really wasn't. Um, Open spaces, products displayed properly, and truly experts in the software and the hardware right there in the store, they didn't take, the only thing they took away from the, all that was look how pretty they are and we should be in that space too.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it really did feel like a Steve Ballmer type of endeavor.
0: Uh, and it'd be interesting to see how this goes because, you know, as we're saying, Surface is a pretty small business. Yeah. It would be interesting if actually this is the beginning and the end of all Microsoft retail because they that their money now is all in the cloud. They make all yeah. their money. They don't make Which money. Which is not a good thing, I don't think. Well,
1: you know. They haven't never really committed to the Surface the way Apple did. No, exactly. Yeah. They just never have. And that's too bad because I don't know who or where or how it was developed, but the Surface and the products that are coming out that have all been delayed because of COVID um, were exciting products. But you wouldn't know where to buy them. No. They weren't advertised anywhere. If you go to Amazon, you don't see a big thing for Surface, you know. Uh, you go into Best Buy; they didn't have anything for Surface. It's all generic stuff.
0: Well, yeah, Best Best Buy has now, but it's normally just one table in the middle of, you right, know, an HP or a Samsung. On, no. it
1: on when you go to Best Buy's website, they didn't have an emphasis on oh, Surface.
0: No, no, they they've never been pushed. They've never been really promoted, except from the beginning. And and of right. course, you remember at the beginning, Surface cost you know Surface RT in particular cost Microsoft a lot of money. Yeah. That was the that was the ARM version that would only run ARM apps. Um and uh, you know what I had a couple of those I thought they I, were, I thought they were really great but again yeah. you couldn't get apps for them so um no. and, and Microsoft stopped developing for them so that eventually the internet just became but again a it was because
1: that? it was a half-hearted half-assed effort on Microsoft's yeah, yeah. part where Apple doesn't do that which yeah. is why I think that you know our argument notwithstanding earlier um I I've got nothing but. A lot of hope for Apple's new hardware.
0: Uh, yeah. With um, I,
1: them I, making their custom chips, this is different. Yeah, Apple's never been in this situation before. No,
0: and not only that as well. I mean, one one thing we can really take away from this, there's been a lot of worry over the years that, that the Mac is kind of going to be allowed to wither on the vine. Yeah, uh, and that's and this, shows, true. this shows this yeah. shows that Apple is, is full in on the Mac, and at the moment, their focus is on the Mac, and that yeah. is a good thing. And as They're I say, be... I'm looking forward to buying my 1st on Mac.
1: I think the the R and I don't know if we should call it ARM, because these are so custom chips that to call them ARM is almost a disservice to what Apple has done in the development of these, yes. this hardware. Yeah. Um, but the speed and the power that you've seen change in 10 years' time in iOS devices comes to the Mac when we know that Intel, for whatever reason, has kind of hit a wall, you know? Yeah. They, they just... They're not the same company development wise that they used to be, and I'm glad that they're getting out of that business with Intel. Yeah. Intel has been just like IBM's and Motorola and Apple's PowerPC thing. Uh, it seems more rooted in uh, politics.
0: It's well, it's, not, it's not only that. Politics. I think I think engineering wise, they have hit a wall. The only th- yeah. the only thing they can do with these chips now. To, to get more uh, speed out of them, it's add more cores. That adds more heat. Yeah. Well, and, they
1: don't want to change too much because they still want to support Windows. Yeah, that's their and, core business. Exactly.
0: And they, and they they're, have
1: they're, to look backwards compatibility on these chips.
0: That's exactly it. But the problem yeah. is a lot of the complaints, even for that, that new 16-inch MacBook Pro that came out last year, a lot of the people who complain about those things say that what happens is they heat up, Yep. the fans kick in and then they hit a thermal wall and then the processor clocks itself down to reduce the heat and then you lose the performance you've paid for. That for will not are, that will not be a problem with these new ARM right. um, max
1: So for those who are worried that, you know, Apple going this route um, is going to lead to complacency or it's, they're not going to be as fast or as good, um, mm-hmm. put that out of your head because yeah. app, when you control... And people have always said this for a long time, but they really didn't. Apple controls the hardware and the software. Yeah. Nah, they they didn't really. They didn't. Yeah. The core component of the hardware is the processing, and but, but whether it's audio, video, or the actual processor itself, writing code, all of that was always outside their hands. Yeah. And now, now look, not all the chips inside are going to be Apple chips. They're still going to use a lot of other companies' chips. But very specific ones that this one does this, this one does that. This is our blue chip controller. Um, but the important stuff, Apple is going to truly, for the first time in their history, control both the hardware and the software. And if you want to know what that's like, look at an iPad. Yep. You 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 put your iPad to sleep, and it wakes up instantly. Um, the instant on is something that we could finally see coming to the Mac. You know, one of my biggest frustrations is clicking a hard drive icon on my desktop and it sits there and spins and spins and spins. Hmm. You know, you got multiple drives connected to your Mac and you go to save a file. Whatever reason, it has to spin up all those stupid drives. Yeah, Um, You're going to see that that kind of thing going away because it's not off-the-shelf Intel crap that they have to use anymore. So you're going to see much faster Macs they're going to be way more stable. Uh, the ecosystem is going to only get bigger. And Apple themselves have, quite frankly, come out and said they're the biggest Apple uh, Mac fans there are. Yeah. They use these machines every single day. So if you're worried that they're going to make them worse, you're out of your mind. Yeah, They're not. Now, they may not be the Mac that you grew up with. You know, they may not be the Macs that I used to work on professionally. Uh, they weren't the Macs that David first bought. But that's a good thing, that's a that's a fantastic thing. Now you can say Tim might be a little upset that he just bought a freaking brand new iMac, <laughs> and that's okay because I don't want to buy the first generation R Macs no, anyway.
0: No, exactly, and and I'm in the same position. I bought a um a MacBook Pro just at the end of last year with the Butterfly yep. keyboard, took the risk on yep. that. um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that for the moment. It does what I need it to do, and but I'll um,
1: replace my Mac in two years. Yeah maybe three, but probably two. The second generation of Apple Silicon iMacs is probably what I'll pick up. Yeah. Unless, and, and here's a th- a thought that I haven't heard anybody say or even talk about really, is the Mac Mini. Now, the Mac Mini has kind of languished out there because it is such a small form factor that you can't put a super fast, powerful chip in it or chipset. Now you'll be able to.
0: Well, You yeah. can have
1: a... You can have a, a, a a Mac Mini that's five times faster than your iPad because yeah. there's so much more room there,
0: and and the development system is 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 a Mac Mini, so you know they've yeah, already to Yes, basically
1: showed... they, it's there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I, I feel sorry for those who really did like all seven people that really did like the Microsoft stores, and that you're not going to be able to go to them anymore. Yeah. Um, from that aspect, but I'm very happy to Mac users, for Mac users, including myself, from a purely selfish standpoint that we're going to finally get much better hardware that's been needed for a very long time. I think a lot of the rumors going around for many years of Apple's letting the Mac languish was a direct result of the inability of, Microsoft, or of uh, Intel to innovate their chip designs. And Apple was yeah. hamstrung for that for so long that they're finally going to be able to do what they've wanted to do for a very long time. But they had to let that ramp up. They had to have their chip development get to the point where you can run enterprise desktop hardware effectively yeah. and they're there now and they're and it's only going to get better it sure is so i'm excited you know i i think that all the news that i heard coming out of D, wwdc was positive i didn't I, you know i know we disagree on the development thing but i look at everything as a positive i didn't see any negatives um I'm looking forward to having better and faster Macs. I'm not worried about cannibalization. Uh, In fact, I think the opposite is going to be true. Uh, And I think that for most users, this is going to be nothing but a positive experience.
0: Yeah, certainly. Um,
1: It's going to be fun to to cover this on, you know, over the next 10 years of TechFan because, you know... So we've got a lot more stuff to talk
0: about. Indeed, and you know, the next thing to do presumably is to transition the iPhone from ARM chips to Intel chips. Cause yes, obviously that makes sense.
1: Yes, makes perfect sense.
0: So, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know that I'd I, I know for a fact that Intel really, really was starting to push Apple about adopting some of their mobile chips, and uh, the last time I heard anything about that was about two years ago. So I think that's when Intel found out that Apple's going to transition their desktop, and when I say desktop, I'm talking about laptops as well, yeah. um, over to ARM.
0: I think I think what did for it actually is the uh, is the MacBook, because the MacBook is a was a low power, you know, mobile chip from Intel that's yep. with fanless, basically designed to do what the ARM chip is going to be doing in all Macs going forward. Correct. Um, it wasn't a big success, and one of the th- reasons it wasn't a big success is everyone constantly dinged it for its performance you know and and it was that same problem is that it wasn't the chips inside it i had a couple of them i i don't think the chips inside them were that slow particularly but because of the uh, intel couldn't control the thermals what would happen is that as soon as the uh the chip got warm it would slow down to virtually yeah. nothing and then the performance of the machine would suffer and i yep. think Apple just got sick of that, especially when they started seeing that happen in all the chips across the line. Um, Absolutely. You know, and and, and you've you've had crazy situations for the last couple of years where I've seen lots of people online with various different systems, not just Macs, but sometimes uh, surfaces in particular as well, because they have the same issue. Yeah, they're running their their things. As soon as they start doing anything really busy, they put a desk fan behind the the computer to blow air over it, to try and keep it cool, to stop it thermal throttling. And I think at that point, Apple, and it's such a parallel because the reason Apple went from PowerPC to Intel is because PowerPC weren't able to deliver G5 class chips that would work in a mobile device. And eventually Apple said, you know what, we're going to switch to Intel because we want to move our line on and we can't with what you're offering us. I think is exactly the same here. Um, and in, in, it'll be interesting to see what the industry fallout from this is for uh, intel because you know what if i were microsoft i think i'd be watching this very closely they oh, already they have that. yeah they already have um well win- they
1: already tried to transition they yeah. failed spectacularly but yeah that but they make-
0: they have really they have a low key effort with windows on arm at the moment and um as i say it works you know it does the job and they even have a surface that's got an arm chip in it in the minute yeah um so i think they're going to watch this and and it wouldn't surprise me if this Is as successful for Apple as as everyone expects it to be. For Microsoft to be going, you know what, we're backing the wrong horse here, and what we need to be doing is transitioning Windows to, uh, you know, really putting the money and mouth into um, having Windows on ARM as the primary focus rather than the secondary.
1: Yeah, they'll go to Apple and it'll be... Microsoft Windows with yeah. Apple Silicon so inside. At, well, there's no reason that couldn't happen. Yeah, no, that. there ah. isn't. And, and some no, people yeah,
0: some people have said, you know, could you could you run the ARM version of Windows on a Mac? And at the moment, you can't because you can't buy it. You can only buy right. it with hardware. Um, so Microsoft will have to change their policy on that. But absolutely, yep. there's no reason at all why you couldn't have um, Parallels of VMware on an ARM chip running the ARM version of Windows. Um, or future versions
1: of Windows is, is an ARM-based architecture rather than x exactly.
0: Yeah, and then you could go back to having boot camp and all, all of those yeah. things that, that people have. But at the moment, that's that's one part of Apple's market they're kind, they are kind of saying goodbye to because you can't, you know, anybody who, plenty of people I know in business buy Macs and then run Windows as a virtual machine just because they like having the Mac. Um, they're not going to be able to do that with uh, once the Intel machines disappear. But no. So, We'll see what, how Microsoft responds.
1: Well, it's just time for those people to transition over to the Mac anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or get a
1: service. There you go. <laughs> so with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Um, we'd love to get your feedback on everything we talked about today yeah. or things that we just uh, either didn't get to or things we didn't even think about. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com, or you can go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com. Leave a message in the show notes, and uh, we'll talk about it here the next time. We'll be back next week with Geeks Pub yeah. and the week after, uh, hopefully with some feedback. Send us feedback, guys, yeah. uh, with TechFan. See you then, David.
0: Bye. Bye.